0: Listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson.
1: At his first cross country race, when I wasn't sure he was even gonna start to run because the gun went off and that's a loud sound and he froze. And I thought, baby, just run. I don't care where you finish, you can be dead last, but just run. And he did.
0: Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson.
2: Hey friends, I am so glad you are joining us for this week's episode. My guest today is Laura Wong, and Laura is a single mom and a teacher, and she lives in Southern California, with her amazing son, Matthias, who happens to have autism and ADHD. They love going on adventures to the beach and safari park, watching movies together and making pizza and ultimately finding joy and humor on this special needs journey. You are going to love getting to hear part of her story and how she has found joy in the life as a single special needs mom. It's a sweet conversation. I know that you will enjoy it. So here's my conversation with Laura Wong. Hey, Laura, thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. I am excited to have this conversation with you.
1: Thank you. I'm excited, too.
2: (laughs) Well, I realized uh, here recently that you came to our single parent celebration that we had this year, and we got to meet at that event online, and so... That was my first time that we actually got to meet and visit a little bit. So I'm glad to get to delve more into your story and hear about you and your amazing son.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that was such a wonderful event. I can't thank you all enough for putting that together. That,
2: that was a fun night. I can look forward to us doing that again. Oh, so- definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Well, okay, so you shared in your guest notes, you know, we we send out a form to anybody who's gonna be on the podcast and we say, hey, what do we, what do we need to know about you? What do you want to make sure that we ask about you? What are things you don't want us to ask? Things, all those things. But you, you in your notes, you shared that God had prepared you to have and care for your son, Matthias, even before his diagnosis. So I would love to know more about that. Share with us about how that took place
1: um yeah that um it's one of those wonderful times where you look back and you see things you know 2020 20 hindsight and you go oh wow god really knew what he was doing um so disabilities kind of run in my family a little bit my my dad my sister are both dyslexic um i'm adhd but i was not diagnosed um you know when they first kind of came out with add i was diagnosed at that point but i didn't res- the only treatment then was ritalin so i didn't respond well to that which a lot of girls don't, a lot of kids don't. And so it just, they didn't have the therapies and things. And so I was just sort of left with that. And I didn't even realize I had that diagnosis until college. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got through my own education with this hidden disability of my own. And then I also had a learning disability that wasn't diagnosed again until college. And yet I still managed to. So I understand that. So God gave me that compassionate Mm -hmm. heart and that ability to understand when someone is struggling. And then God, you know, and I can remember saying, I will never be a teacher. (laughs) Tell God, never, right? (laughs) Because, of course, my struggles through school, while I did well with grades, I had to work so much harder in the background because of those disabilities that nobody realized Mm -hmm. I was struggling with. So I was like, I will never be a teacher. No, no, no. And then God called me into teaching. (laughs) And not only did God call me into teaching, but God um, blessed me every year with, a student that had ADHD, a student that had autism, a student that had an undiagnosed disability that was struggling every year from my first year of teaching on. And so there I was, this brand new teacher going, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And at the same time, I was, but I, right out of college, I went, well, the IEP says they have this, so I'm going to go learn everything I can about that and learning different techniques. So I was open to doing that work to learn different ways to work with different struggles. And, um, you know, at that point, you know, the first child in my class that came to me with an autism diagnosis, and I can remember looking at that. And I went to my principal and I said, the last thing I heard about autism was in a babysitter's club book I read when I was eight. Like, you know? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, yeah, here's some resources for you. And but I know you're going to do great. And I I, I said, you do realize the teacher right across the hall from me has been teaching for 20 years. Don't you think she'd be better? And I said, I mean, they
2: knew better. Your principal knew better. You better.
1: Right. (laughs) And one of the things she said, she said, no, because you will love this child no matter what, that's Mm -hmm. your strength. And I went, Oh, and then that moment that God was right there. And I think about that. Then when I had Matthias, it was, I'm just going to love him no matter what.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so because of that, I, of course, learned a lot about autism. I learned a lot about ADHD. I learned a lot about how different ways to help kids um, that are struggling with various things. And so when Matthias came along and I saw him having some struggles and I mm-hmm. saw some things that kind of, you know, in my teacher brain raised these little red flags of, hmm, ooh, he should be doing this and he's not. Okay, well, what do we do to help kids that are behind in this? And so I just jumped right in and had those resources um, because God knew that Matthias is going to be a late diagnosis. He knew I wasn't going to get resources or support right away. And so he prepared me so that my son actually got a lot of the help that he needed.
2: And don't you just love that, how God shows up? I mean, I can look back in my story as well and see times where, you know, even from my early days, God was preparing me for where I'm going to be right now and I just love that and you mentioned just a little bit about how you received a late diagnosis for your son so share that journey towards getting his diagnosis what were you seeing what led you to think okay we need to go pursue some testing see what's going on here
1: yeah um that's I might tear up a little, so forgive me. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's into <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think every, I think every parent has their things that they cry over, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: so by the so Matthias initially, um, in a lot of ways, he was very advanced. He started talking at nine months. Um, so he was hyper verbal. Initially, his gross motor skills were well above the curve. He was two foot jumping at 16 months. That's a 24 month skill. But what I was noticing was the emotional regulation pieces seemed way behind. And so I can remember going in, it has two-year diagnosis and it's kind of bittersweet. You know, Facebook pops up those lovely memories. And I posted, you know, just I came back from, you know, little man's physical, two-year physical, everything's great, height and weight are good. He's meeting all his developmental milestones. The doctor sees no time signs of autism, yay. And of course, now when that pops up, it hurts. Um, because even at that point too, I said to her, I said, I think I, I I wasn't thinking autism, of course. I was just, I said, the emotional regulation. I said, I realize toddlers have temper tantrums, but there are times where my son is having, it. it's nothing like a temper tantrum I've ever seen. He goes from being this hyperverbal, very articulate two-year-old to just unable to communicate, just completely falling apart over, not the kind of thing that you would normally see a temper tantrum it's not like I told him no it's not like he's not getting his way it's it's almost as though all of a sudden the entire world has become wrong and he just loses it and the doctor said well he's two he's a boy Mm. you know tantrums are normal you're a first time mom Mm. and I'm going yeah but I was a teacher for 10 years (laughs) I know what a tantrum looks like and i said okay and she said you've had some family stuff going on so you know this could just be stress okay no problem so worked with him by the time we got to his three-year well child check um the gross motor skill development was no longer ahead he was barely meeting the developmental milestones so that's a sign of regression and speech was still way ahead things like that he had a lisp um, and he had a little bit of an impediment, but at three, that's not abnormal. So didn't think about that. And so the doctor, and I, but I kept saying, these tantrums are not tantrums. There's tantrums. He has those because he's a toddler. But there's these other moments where I don't know this child, mm. where I'm seeing this huge struggle. And again, it was, okay, mom, but you know, he's a boy and emotionally they develop a little slower. Okay, Sure. And so those kinds of things were early warning signs for me as we progressed, um, starting school, you know, so I did what any former teacher does. And, you know, I was working with him on his speech. I was working with him on the gross motor skills. I was working on the fine motor skills. We had so much clay and paint all over the house, <laughs> you know, he went through Century. a blue yeah. yeah. He looked like an extra out of Braveheart for a while. Like he just like, <laughs> I got blue paint, I, whatever we're working on it, you know? And I realized that because the socialization wasn't there, I was getting him in things. Like I went to Mops. I had him in Awana. I got him into preschool. And at preschool, um, it became that much more obvious. We were still having these next level tantrums. Getting him into the building was a struggle. Tumble through the door and the preschool teachers, they knew we were coming because you couldn't not hear us as he's screaming, no, mama, no, in the most heart-wrenching way. and they'd meet the door and they'd take him and they put him in the safety hug. Okay, mom, we've got him, go sign him in and we'll see you at the end of the day. And they would just very kindly push me through. But I knew that this is now not normal. And so I going to this, so again, go to the doctor and say, this is what's happening in these transitions. He cannot transition. He cannot handle change in routine. He cannot do these things. The gross motor skills have stalled. He's not progressing like he should. And again, I was told, well, he's a boy. <laughs> and so at this point, the school was aware. And so finally, for his eighth birthday, so two thirds of the way through second grade, went in for that well child check. And I took in the documentation that the teachers had been compiling for me because I had said, they're not listening. You know, I realized these problems are, these are issues at school. He doesn't sit in his seat. He's very busy. He can't hold still. He can't. You know, and all that, and I, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's ADHD, but I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose because the busyness factor. But there was also things like sleep disruption. Mm-hmm. I used to joke he's allergic to sleep. Yeah,
2: been there, done that. Yes, right. <laughs> like I'm sure yes, you know yeah.
1: that one. Um, you know, people, I like, I still don't know how I didn't crash the car when he was little because I was sleeping in like 20 minute increments. Mm-hmm. And so I took all that in to the doctor, and I said, you, I said, you can't keep saying this is based on the the rough time we had as a family when he was a toddler. Like we're through that you know, these things he should have outgrown. He should not still be having what look like temper tantrums. I'm like, they're not temper tantrums. My hyperverbal son is unable to speak. I've watched him in these moments. He's trying so hard to tell me what's wrong and he cannot get it out. This is more than that. This is more than he's just immature. And I kind of put my foot down and I I was a little, look, you know, kind of angry mom about it, but respectfully so. And his pediatrician looked at me and she looked at matthias and of course at that point you know he's sitting there and he had this habit where he spins beads he like mm-hmm. strings beads and he spins them constantly that's his primary stimming behavior which is a key component of having autism and she looked at that and she looked at the fact that he never stopped moving and she said why don't we do a referral you're like finally <laughs> um yeah so referred and of course the first meeting with this psychiatrist that she referred us to, she, the doctor, I mean, she goes, well, I can definitely see ADHD. And of course, you know, all about that. And I looked at her and I went, huh? And she goes, well, you're ADHD, right? And I went, in the back of my mind, something kind of clicked. Oh yeah. I vaguely remember being diagnosed with that at some point, but I've had no, you know, and I was like, uh, he, uh, and she goes, right. Wait, how old are you? Oh yeah. You're the last girl's generation. You are. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> you know? Oh my. Like, all right. Side benefit. Yeah. And she goes, so you can see, and she goes, have you considered autism with him? And as mom, my first one, oh, no, no, no. Mm. But I go home that night and she's like, okay, well, we'll meet again next week. I'm going to do some more values. So I want to do a couple more things with him. I get home that night. We get through the bedtime, you know, the, the first tuck in <laughs> yes. 20 or however many there's going to be that night. And, um, and I started thinking, and my teacher brain went click, mm. click. Oh my goodness. He checks all the boxes. Yes. And sure enough, you know, the next appointment, she's like, it, you know, this is what I see. We have ADHD and we have autism.
2: Yeah. So was that a relief or was it, I mean, how did you, I mean, you'd been trying for so long to figure out what was going on. I'm sure, you know, anytime we get a new diagnosis, there's all the emotions that go along with that. But so how were you feeling in that moment when you, when you hear those words and you're like, okay, this is where we are.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think every parent goes through a grieving process when you get a diagnosis, no matter how prepared you are for that diagnosis. And me as, you know, with the background, of, I've been the teacher so many other times on the other side of that table.
2: Understand same that. Uh, parent, same here.
1: Yeah, right? same here. to the parent, you need the evaluation. And I, you know, and the only reason I hadn't had the teachers come down to me and say, you need to get them evaluated is they knew I was trying <laughs> Mm-hmm. but they were saying, you know, here's the documentation and we know you're trying. So yes, continue to push the doctor, you know? So I've been on both sides of the table and that helped a little and that I could accept the diagnosis a little bit faster, but what really, but there was this sadness, you know, mm-hmm. I've been of course, hoping that it was just ADHD and, you know, we get in the right kind of, you know, whether that's medication or natural remedies. And I was trying all the natural remedies that are out there, you name it, I've tried it, Mm -hmm. right? And we'd found some things that helped and I was, but I was also hoping that it was gonna be something simple. You know, oh, we just get him this therapy for six months and he'll be fine. I think every parent wants that, right? Even though I know deep down, I knew that wasn't the case. Um, And so there was that moment of, okay, this is gonna be a lifelong struggle for my son. Mm -hmm. And no parent wants that. right? So there was that grief, that sadness, Um, the anger, I wasn't angry at the diagnosis, but I took the anger and I was angry at myself. And, um, you know, again, just praising God for having us at the school we're at, I was teaching at his school at that point, of course, go in and during staff prayer, I put the prayer request, you know, we're doing this evaluation finally. And I said, okay. And I shared, you know, it is autism. So just prayers that I, you know, we get what we need to go forward. And so my principal calls me on Friday, minimum day, and he says, you know, after the kids left, and he says, I need to meet with you. Okay. And he says, okay, we're going to start. I need to meet with you as mom. Okay. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And so there's the, this is the paperwork we need for the file. This, you know, but he was very quick. He says, he's been here since he was, you know, itty bitty. There's not a need here that we can't meet. I don't see Mm, that.
2: Beautiful. And that
1: was wonderful. And then he, you know, so we finished that and then he came and he stood up and he walked around his desk and he sat in the other chair on the other side of his desk Mm. next to me. And he said, my friend, Laura, how are you? And for the first time, now I'm going to cry. Yeah. Right. And that was the first moment that I cried. Mm -hmm. And I'd had the diagnosis for a week at that point. Yes. And I started crying and I didn't expect that. And I said, I wanted it to be something easier. Mm -hmm. I didn't want this, my precious child to struggle. And I said, and I'm so I feel like such a failure. How did I mm. not know that it was autism? He said, You you know my employment, you are my boss. You know that you hired me because I had this experience working with kids with autism and ADHD and all these. I said, How did I how did I miss this? What kind of mother am I that I missed oh, goodness. this? Yeah. And in that moment, I was so blessed. He looked at me and he just took my hands. He said, Lara, is Matthias any different today than he was a week ago? Mm. And I said, Of course not. He's still Matthias and he's still perfect. I love him more than anything. That's never changed. And he mm-hmm. said, okay. And said, Laura, you didn't miss it. You just didn't have to worry about what it was called. Oh, wow. And I stopped and I stared at him. He said, look at how hard you have fought for that baby. Mm-hmm. The first day you walked in and looked at us as a preschool. And what was the first thing you said to us? You said he's behind emotionally and socially, you knew. Yeah. So, one of the reasons I hired you, he said, I didn't have to look at your employment record. That was icing on the cake. I watched you with your son for three years. I watched you implementing therapy techniques that you didn't even realize you were doing. You didn't miss anything. You loved him and you gave him what you needed, what he needed. You did the, your very best. He goes, yeah. now, this is a blessing because now you have a name. Because you knew something was going on. Now you have a name. So now you know where to start with what you're doing to help them instead of scattershot. And what a gift that was to
2: you in that moment to have someone to see you, to see all that you had done, to see, you know, I know from the because you're you're a single mom. I'm a single mom. And when you don't have that person in your life who's speaking. Truth into you, all the thoughts that go through our minds, and our minds start, you know, swirling. I should have, I could have, I didn't, and yet oh. to have your your principal, your boss, to sit down and affirm you in that way, I know that had to have been a changing moment for you in this story. Uh, well, let's fast forward a little bit. So, how old is Matthias now? And What does his day to day look like? How does autism present with him in his day to day life?
1: All right, Matthias is thirteen now, so um, we've entered the joys of puberty. Mm. (laughs) Blessings
2: upon you, because
1: yes, (laughs) yes, Um, and so um, entertainingly enough, you know, kind of a how things look now. Um, So he was diagnosed at eight. We did not receive any kind of services or therapies for him till he was 11 and a half. So even after diagnosis, I was still fighting and it took a change in insurance company and he, and actually a second evaluation. And, you know, through that they went, okay, well, if we'd gotten him and he was, you know, between two and four, we could have done something with the speech, but you know, he's 11 and a half. The speech patterns are kind of set. He's intelligible 85% of the time. And I went, you know, okay, great. Um, you know, and they said, but you've, clearly worked with him because when he's not intelligible and we ask him to repeat, he does slow down. So somebody taught him that I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Thanks out here on yeah. my own. you know. Yeah. And so we didn't get any services for him till it was 11 and a half. And so now at 13, he's no longer getting individual therapy, but he's still part of a social skills group, which is vital. Um, With autism being a spectrum disorder, as I'm sure you are aware, Matthias is not intellectually disabled. He's actually, um, his IQ tests above average, which is a blessing and sometimes a little bit of a curse. Uh, (laughs) And so he's able to be mainstreamed in his classes, which is on one hand great and on the other hand, very challenging for him. And so what we see is how autism primarily affects him. The gross motor skills... Are still not fantastic. Sports are not his thing. Although he has in the last, I'm so proud of him. In the last starting last year and again this year, he joined the cross country team because running is his thing. <laughs> um, once he started walking, he toddled for about a month and then he figured out running and he hasn't stopped. <laughs> he, was, he was off at that moment. That yeah. It. Boom. Getting him on the cross country team was huge, but that was even a huge struggle getting him through the initial fear and the change and um. But in the classroom, of course, you know, when you have the the dual combination of autism and ADHD, it's a challenge to be in a classroom environment because kids are loud. There's a lot of distraction. He's got to track all of these things, and what we see is at this point he's struggling through a lot of bullying, mm. a lot of bullying, and he doesn't connect well with peers, and so his teachers love him because. If they call on him, he has the right answer because he understands the material. He loves to learn. He loves to go to school. He loves to learn. He loves to read. He's so excited about all that. But lunch is a struggle for him. Uh He doesn't have a place to eat. You know, he doesn't have a group that he eats with. Now he's made a couple of friends. um, And I I use the term friends because that's his term. Um, and what I found is that the couple of friends that he's made, it's, um, one of them is another child and a boy that is on the spectrum as well. Um, he's in one of Matthias's classes. He's not able to be mainstreamed all day like Matthias. So he kind of moves into a couple of the classes that he's, you know, okay. And then other times he's in the kind of special needs class. And so Matthias said, I figured out he was on, on this, but Matthias prefers the term autistic. Okay. I'm going to use both terms, Yes, you know, so just.
2: Absolutely. No, he can, he can use the term he wants to use. Exactly.
1: So Matthias goes, I figured out he was autistic because he had an incident with the swings where they shocked him. And then he was really scared that they were going to shock him again. Mm -hmm. And he had trouble talking about it. And I, I just knew. And so I decided that we should be friends. (laughs) And and that's very much how Matthias approaches a lot of things. And so. And then, um, you know, some of his other friends are, you know, he's got some kids on the cross-country team that they are aware that he's different. I don't know that they know the diagnosis because Matthias, he mentions it, but he doesn't think to mention it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's it's just part of him. In his opinion, autism is part of who God created him to Mm -hmm. be, which is why he prefers the term autistic versus person with autism. That's his choice to make. You know, sometimes he'll be like, oh, yeah, well, because I'm autistic and people go, wait, what? Because I don't know necessarily know which of his friends are aware, and which ones just kind of go, well, he's just Matthias. He's a little different, and we're gonna, you know, talk to him anyway. So school is a challenge, and you know, we get home, and and there's decompression time, and then, and then there's home, home time, and decompression time is so important. Um, we have our social skills group every week, and then I purpose to do things to push him. On his skills. And, you know, so it's one of those, I, I love the way he approaches life. Um, He's very accepting of his diagnoses and he, you know, he'll even make jokes about them, you know, well, we're late. Because two people with ADHD tried to leave the house. <laughs> 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 like, yep, kiddo, we are. He sees it through that lens. Yes, he does. Yeah. But that took a lot of work and maturity mm-hmm. on his part because he doesn't like to be late. That makes him very anxious because he's yeah. aware that that socially is not okay, and it's one of the few social things he's aware of. So he likes to try to really track. Um, right now, really interestingly, in the last couple of weeks, he's become very aware of the negative viewpoints that people hold towards autism Mm. and towards individuals with disabilities. And
2: what does that do to your mama's heart when you, when you hear that? It
1: tears me apart. You know, Mm -hmm. I just want to cry. And at the same, and so we had this moment just this last week where he came home and I said, how was, you know, we're talking about school. And he said, mom, I'm getting very frustrated. Why do people have to think someone with autism is just automatically stupid and they can't talk and this? And I said, that's a really, I said, you're right. That's not Mm -hmm. always the case. I said, sometimes they can't. He goes, I know sometimes they can't, but sometimes we can. And sometimes we're very smart. And I said, I know that. I said, what happened? And he said, well, two things. In my first class, a kid was complaining about his friend's little sister being annoying because she's autistic. And I was listening to him and he goes, and he said, and I get that sometimes I can be annoying because of my autism. I get that. He goes, but what he was talking about, she's just a seven-year-old. Seven-year-olds just act like that. And they're (laughs) annoying to teenagers. (laughs) He goes, people can't just blame everything on autism. That's Um, not right. I said, okay. And I go, you said the first thing. What was the second thing?
0: hmm.
1: And this is the one that broke my heart. He said, well you know, and he names this child in his class. And I have to say child to remind myself to keep the mama bear in check. Mm-hmm. There's a child in his class that's been his primary bully this year. And there've been several incidents. And he said, well, we were having a class discussion in science and he made up and he said something and he was wrong. And so I raised my hand, and the teacher asked if I could answer the question. And I did, which of course meant that he, but Matthias, so Matthias just answered the question. And he goes, and of course, he turned around and he said, oh, shut up. I don't have to listen to you. You're special ed.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: And my mama heart, you know, immediately the mama bear is like, I'm going yeah. to just this child. You right. Know? right? Like every, and then, and inwardly. And so the, you know, there's that momentary rage. And then I looked at Matthias and Matthias had paused. And I saw this very particular look on his face that I really can't describe, but he got this very quiet look about him. And he tipped his head to side and he said, and he looked at me with this just intensity and he was, which, I mean, I guess I am. Mm-hmm. And that moment where it hit me, this is the first time he's really having to come to terms with the fact that he is classified as special needs, mm-hmm. that this is not, that this is a permanent disability for
2: him mm-hmm.
1: at 13. Yeah. And in my heart, I'm like, oh Lord, please, no, he's such, he's a baby. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no. I'm still the only one who's supposed to carry that. No, 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 no. And God, of course, is just looking at me going, Laura, he's my baby first. Wow. he's ready. Yeah. Because, and I, and I kind of nodded and I said, yeah, autism is, is a disability. And he's, you know, and I, that was all I could say. And he looked at me and he goes, it is, and I am, but that does not mean that I don't have value.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: And so that's um, where we're at right
2: now. Mm-hmm. And that thrilled your mama's heart to hear how he had already processed through so quickly, you know, to 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 know his value and his worth and oh my goodness. Well, you know, I know you and I are both single moms. Uh, that comes with lots of extra stress, lots of extra <laughs> things. Yes, I see your face. Yes. And, you know, i just been curious. So like, is there one survival skill that you've put in place in your life that has helped you as you're navigating this journey as a single parent, as, you know, a teacher, as a uh, a mom raising a son with autism, What's, what's your one survival skill?
1: Um, They're kind of two of them are, it's kind of two things tied together. That's, it, that's what that'll work. Let go of things. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, don't worry about like, it's really okay. If we have to pull clean underwear out of the dryer, it doesn't have to be folded. Right. <laughs> as, long, as long as we have <laughs> clean underwear. Exactly.
2: It's clean. That's all that matters. That's
1: right. right. And along with that, I have to have a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God gave me that very early on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the great things about matthias is, is he's very honest that comes with autism he he cannot lie um it's hysterical when he tries which makes him simultaneously the best and worst person to take bathing suit shopping
2: <laughs> oh my goodness no thank <laughs> you yes
1: yeah right <laughs> but what that but you know and so just having that perspective of and, and as a teacher too i mean i work with kids this year i'm teaching first grade and so you know you just got to learn to laugh because mm-hmm. Things happen
2: in first grade. I taught first grade as well. So yes, I know what you mean.
1: All right. And when you have a child with autism, things just happen. Mm-hmm. Things, you know, you, you sometimes I'm like, oh, he's got this. And then, oh, no, no, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have that at all. You know, and just and being able to laugh at myself too when I mess up. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess it, maybe it's a third one kind of tied in with these is being willing to acknowledge when I've messed up.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah, and forgiving yourself and giving yourself the grace that that we all need and deserve when something doesn't go the way that we hope that it would. So
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's You know, God kind of gave me a come to Jesus moment several times where he was like, you give your son grace, you give your students grace, mm-hmm. you give everyone around you grace. Um, look in a mirror, yeah. my dear. Mm-hmm. And Matthias, and he used Matthias to do it, which was really great. Cause I was having a mom moment where I was just like, I can't believe I don't have this and I don't have this. And Matthias looked at me and he grabbed me and he was mom. Are you still a teacher? Yes. Do you still have me as your kid? Obviously. <laughs> are you a little tired? Yes. So you really think you have to do everything? Mm. Okay. But yeah, so giving myself that grace and um, humor and all of that, and it takes, it takes that. <laughs>
2: Yes, the humor and the, the, you know, the finding the joy on this journey and the laughter and just, and grace, all of those things. um, Those are truly some of the only ways we will make it day in and day out on this journey. And, you know, I know one of the things that you do um, to help kind of feed your soul, though, is that you're part of our Monday night Rising Above community group that Brittany Blackburn leads. And so tell us about your experience with that and how that being part of that group, how that has impacted your journey uh, as, you know, raising your son, being a single mom, all those things.
1: Um, it is such a blessing. Uh, I was a little nervous at first to sign up for community group. Um, you know, I heard them mentioned at the single moms night that, you know, I mm-hmm. you know, kind of met you at first and then, and at that time there wasn't a, a group that was meeting at a time I could make work the one that was late enough was the same night as my son's therapy and I attended by the brook and heard about him again and there you were like there we have even more and so I looked and I saw that one on Monday night and I went, oh I know I need community mm-hmm. and and then so to join that group um, Brittany is a wonderful leader um and the ladies that God has brought to that group every single one of them has mm-hmm. just amazed me you know I look at them and I think, wow um I see God in them. And that ability to come together and share our stories and share our journeys. And in the time that we've been meeting, you know, several of us have had some hard things happen. It's it's like the highlight of my week. I look forward, not only are we doing Bible study, and so we're getting God's Word into us, but the ability to be in the middle of Bible study and all of a sudden be like, whoops, hold on, I have to go deal with this thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, or somebody's kids screaming in the background, or you mm-hmm. know, or we gotta mute real fast and sometimes we don't get it muted in time and we get to hear some funny things or mm-hmm. some, you know, and it's okay. And yeah. um, uh, you know, we're spread across the country. And yet if I, you know, when we don't meet because of a holiday, I'm missing these ladies. Mm-hmm. I wanna know how is this person doing with this challenge that their child was going through. Mm-hmm. And we've started a text thread. And so that's been a blessing where we get to share Bible verses, words of encouragement, prayer requests. Um, the benefit of being with a group of women that love the Lord, that love our kids because we recognize, even with their disabilities, they are image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. And that's first and foremost. And also understand that there are times when the hard is really hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's okay yeah. to walk in and say, Today was a really hard day.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I I don't. I've heard from other special needs moms, and we've talked about this in our in our group. And I said sometimes I don't want to share the hard out in the world because mm-hmm. I don't want that perception of Matthias mm-hmm. out there. I want people to see the blessing and the joy that he is because mm-hmm. they hear autism and automatically they assume right. But there are days when the hard is really hard, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I need someone that I can go to and say. I can't do this. The mm-hmm. heart is too hard today. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my mind. It's not fair. I need to have my ten minutes to break down. Mm-hmm. And as a single mom, you know, we don't have anywhere to go for ten minutes to break down because right. there's nobody else to be there for That's him. Right? Yeah. You know, um, you know, short of hiding in the bathroom because my tummy hurts. <laughs> really? Uh, you know, having a piece of chocolate in my mouth. Um, you know,
2: <laughs> survival <laughs> I, skill, right? Right. Survival
1: skill. <laughs> You know, high chocolate in your bathroom. Huh? <laughs> but having that safe place to say the heart is really hard and know that they understand the truth in that statement, but also that it's not a rejection of my child. Mm, totally. Yeah. It's so important. So powerful. And to get to hear them struggle mm-hmm. and also celebrate their successes mm-hmm. and to be able to share successes that to other people, they'd be like, your kid's 13 and you're celebrating this. <laughs> You so better yes. believe it because we didn't think he was ever going to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is a group of women I can walk into and be like, he tried to lie. And they understand why I'm excited. <laughs> that's true.
2: <laughs> like, and that's what I love about our groups is that, you know, the, you're spread all across the country. In my group, it's literally around the world. And, you know, it's just you come together, you get to hear each other's stories, you get to encourage each other, you get to be each other's biggest cheerleaders and encouragers. And so I I think it's so important for everyone, whether you have in-person community in your town or whether you join us for our virtual community groups, we all need to be with other people that can speak life into us, encourage us and help us on this crazy journey that we're on raising these amazing children. Well, as we close out, I would love to know what are some of the ways that you rise above your circumstances?
1: Oh, wow, that's um, a great question. Um, well, um, first and foremost, obviously I can't do anything without Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, there, there's so many times where I'm just like, okay, Lord, I don't know, but you do. <laughs> And so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, some of it is choice. You know, um, you know, I talked about how God prepared me, but making a point of remembering that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I made a, a point of creating kind of these, jo- you know, Joshua stones, that idea of, you know, mm-hmm. how they stack the stones mm-hmm. next to the river. Um, and so I have these Joshua stone moments and there's lots of ways that I've kind of purposed to keep them. Um, so that when it is a hard day, We're having a hard time. I can go to these things. So sometimes, so I have some lists in a couple of places. I have some things written down in my Bible. I have pictures on my phone. Um, Matthias at his first cross country race when I wasn't sure he was even going to start to run because the gun went off and that's a loud sound and he froze. And I thought, baby, just run. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you finish. You can be done last, but just run. And he did. And so that moment of he ran. Mm and so I can look at those and I can, you know, cause I mean, I'm praying over him all the time and, um, seeing how God answers those prayers in the little things and in the big things. And so going to those Joshua stones and looking at those and then, um, being willing to be vulnerable with mm. my community. That's yeah. a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, God's worked on me a lot with that. Um, but particularly as a single mom, you know, sometimes we have to have help and it's not easy. To ask for help,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but being willing to say this is where we're at and we need help, and mm-hmm. um, and then when you do that, it's it's amazing how God uses that because I not only are our needs met, but what happens is it develops that community, it deepens those relationships, mm-hmm. and it also allows people to participate positively in our story. Mm-hmm. And what I have found is the people that I've reached out to every single time they come back to me and thank me for blessing them Mm
2: -hmm.
1: by letting them help me
2: Mm
1: -hmm. help Matthias, you know, kind of thing. And so pressing into that community and then also taking Matthias and I've always been very honest with him about, yes, I get that this is hard. We're going to try and continuing to just hold him loosely in my hands. Mm And know that God created him for a purpose and he has a plan for him. And he is perfectly and wonderfully made the way mm-hmm. God intended. And I just remind myself of that over and over. And so that I'm never surprised. Mm-hmm. In a hard day, it's hard, but in the good days, I see it. And so yes. just that kingdom perspective mm-hmm.
2: is so important. It's so beautiful. I couldn't agree more. The kingdom perspective and and seeing our kids as wonderfully made. Um, just changes our whole perspective on this journey. So, Laura, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing part of your journey. Uh, I just really appreciate your time and getting to know more about you and your amazing son. So, thank you so much. Thank you so
1: much. I hope I did okay. <laughs> you did great.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson created and produced by rising above ministries to learn more about us and our resources for special needs families visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app if you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more we'd love for you to subscribe rate and review you can always share it to encourage a friend and remember joy can be found in every story